0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, is good. From 30 feet, John Elmore! The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome into the Tuesday, May 28th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Hope everyone enjoyed the long weekend. We're back at it. Phone number is this hour, 877 420 Talk, 877 420 8255. Phone lines, as always, brought to you by Miller Lite. Great taste. Less calories, only 96 calories. Can you believe that? It is the original light beer. So you can join us on the program this afternoon. We got a lot to get into. Of course, uh, we had Memorial Day weekend locally on the radio station. For those of you listening on, on the podcast, we had Pirates baseball. So we couldn't do a show yesterday. But we're back today. We'll get into everything that uh, I thought was important, at least. Uh, there were a lot of things going on this weekend. And of course, we start. probably want to start with Marshall Baseball. And, of course, the Thundering Herd knocked us off the air for a couple of days. And, and it was fine. We were happy to step aside for Steve Cotton and those broadcasts as the Thundering Herd making a run and the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Now, it didn't end out the way we hoped it would, but the Thundering Herd, three games, I think that's good. They haven't been there enough, and to get three games in is pretty good. Of course, this was a tough task for them because FAU is really good, and Southern Miss is really good as well. So Southern Miss wins the NCAA bid from the Conference USA Tournament, so they get that bid. They get to go in. They're an automatic. And your regular season champion, Florida Atlantic, also getting a bid. So Florida Atlantic's going to be in the Athens Regional. Southern Miss is going to be in the Baton Rouge regional. I just like saying that. And Florida Atlantic will take on Florida State. And there's also Georgia and Mercer in that regional. And then Southern Miss will take on Arizona State. And LSU is in that as well with Stony Brook. So that's pretty good. You get a couple of teams, you've got a couple of really solid baseball teams in Conference USA getting into the NCAA tournament. And that's good. You get a couple of teams in. Maybe you can get three in next year. Conference USA is a better baseball conference in many regards than football and basketball to some degree. I think it's got a better reputation. If you just look at the way Conference USA baseball compares to its peers compared to Conference USA football and Conference USA basketball, I think Conference USA baseball – It comes out a little bit better. Now, of course, we know football and basketball is what stirs the drink when it comes to college athletics. But these are all positive things. If you're a Marshall fan, you've got to be excited. You've got to be excited for Florida Atlantic and Southern Miss, and I'll tell you why. Because if these two teams are successful, it just adds to the profile of Conference USA. Same thing with the NCAA tournament. If a Conference USA team gets in and it's not Marshall – You root for that team because any victories that that Conference USA team brings, it helps the Conference USA profile. Now, I know some of you are going, wait a minute, Paul, I'm not rooting for Western Kentucky. Or, wait a minute, Paul, I'm not going to root for FIU, FAU. I'm not going to root for Middle Tennessee. I'm not going to root for those guys. Sure you are, and so you should. I'm not telling you to sell your soul in here. I'm telling you that if these teams, like, Southern Miss and Florida Atlantic, if they do well in Conference USA and then go on to the NCAA tournament and do well there, it's a win. You want Marshall to be among those teams. Of course, you want Marshall to win the Conference USA tournament or get into the postseason, and it's a goal for Marshall. They're going to build a brand-new baseball park for the first time in my lifetime. I'm going to see a Marshall baseball park, a true baseball park dedicated to that team. And hopefully, it's going to be a showcase. It's going to be a a jewel. It's going to be a a great place for tournaments. It's going to be something that's going to get a lot of use and bring a lot to the community. And maybe Marshall one day can host a tournament like the Conference USA Championships. That's a possibility. You get the right facility. And, of course, facilities, we talk about this time and time, it's something you can recruit to. That's the obvious here. Jeff Wagner's got something to recruit to now, and I didn't think Marshall performed poorly at all. If Marshall had a little bit more of a, um, and again, I'm not saying they didn't perform well. I'm just saying if there was a little bit more depth there, because you know Jeff Wagner had to go and use everybody, because he was on a a mission. This is a one game tournament. You win the one game, and then we'll deal with the next game. But this is a one game mission at a time. Right attitude, of course. So. I'll be rooting for Southern Miss, and I'll be rooting for Florida Atlantic as well. So uh, congratulations to those two teams because I know their success will benefit Marshall. Speaking of Marshall baseball, uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about this uh, over the weekend and yesterday, again, because of the holiday, but Marshall baseball shortstop Elvis Peralta, named to the Conference USA Baseball Championship All-Tournament team following the conclusion of the tournament he he earned that. Everywhere you went, you saw his name. Every time you listened to one of the broadcasts, you heard his name. People were talking about Elvis Peralta. I mean, that young man went six for fourteen for a four twenty nine batting average. He had a five twenty nine on base percentage and put up A slugging percentage of 571 in three games. He struck out just one time in 17 plate appearances. His biggest day, of course, was the opening contest against Louisiana Tech. Four of six with two doubles and an RBI. His biggest play wasn't at the play, however. Bottom the 11th. Peralta made a game-saving diving stop up the middle to prevent the Bulldogs from scoring the game-winning run. Marshall wins in 12 innings in the longest game in Conference USA Championship history at four hours and 49 minutes. It's a young, amazing man. If you haven't seen him play, you've missed out. And I can't wait to see what the rest of his career, not just collegially, but professionally as well. I can't wait to see what he can do. I'm excited for him. So uh, he definitely made an impression at Conference USA Tournament selection time, a lot of people remembered his name. And of course, I'm hoping we see a repeat of that next year and the following year and the following year that Marshall Baseball is actually getting you excited because there's an opportunity, I think, because baseball is not a guarantee to be at Southern Miss for the foreseeable future. Now, last year was a different beast. It was rain dampened last year, and this year, it was a lot better. The weather was better And the tournament was estimated to have brought in $25 million to the Gulf Coast. $25 million the Conference USA tournament brought in. And the funny thing here is, and I'm leaning on a report from Andrew Shearer from WXXV Television, that officials were happy with the turnout. With the Southern Miss games, they were super excited because Southern Miss fans showed up. Of course they are. It's right down the street for most of them, I'm sure. They're heading down the road, going to go see the home team play. But attendance for the other games was concerning. Now, Tim Bennett, Overtime Sports, they're part of this tournament, the bid to bring it to Southern Miss. And he was quoted as saying, when you look at any of the other teams that are playing, the stadium has about 100 to 200 people in it. That doesn't go very well as far as attendance is concerned. Financially, it probably hurts a bit, but we're blessed to have USM be as good as they are. And he's right. If Southern Miss was not in the championship run, I don't know what the Conference USA tournament would have looked like. Now, with that said, I don't know how much of a revenue maker baseball is going to be on average compared to basketball, compared to football. But with a conference that's pretty solid in baseball, you should at least be profitable. And I don't know if there's a better location right now for the conference tournament, to be honest with you. Baseball's a little different of an animal than, say, the Conference USA basketball tournament. With the basketball tournament, you're one and done. Now, if you've got both the men's and women's teams in the tournament, you get two games. So you can root on the men's team, and then you can go root the women's team, or flip-flop that whenever they play, whatever the sequence of order is. And so... If you make a plan, make a trip, you're going to go to the Conference USA Basketball Tournament, then you got at least possibly a couple of games there. It's not always guaranteed, but it's a you win, you continue, if you lose, you're done. At least with the baseball tournament, it's double elimination. So there's a possibility that if you're Marshall, you could play four, or like they did three, you could play... Maybe five or six, just depending on how the bracket falls for you. But if you're hot and you're going to run, you can play probably four games. So you get a few extra games, a few extra days. You take off a week, go to the Conference USA Baseball Tournament, support your team. And there are some herd fans there. Herd fans do come out and support their teams, fans in the area or those making the trip. I'm kind of curious, though, how do you make this better? How do you improve this? And it was an interesting story I read because I would have thought maybe some of the local baseball fans would have come out a little bit more, supported the tournament, maybe come out, see a couple of the other teams. I figure if you're the hometown crowd, though, you're going to come out for your team, and then that's it. If you are making the trip to the tournament, you're not from the area. You don't have to go home afterwards, take care of whatever you're taking care of, you know, life and you're actually just there for the tournament, I could see you showing up and, say, watching some of the other games. If I was at the tournament, that's what I would do. I mean, in the times I've attended the Southern Conference tournament, I stuck around and watched some of the other tournament games, not just Marshall. Why I was there. And I don't know if the baseball tournament's going to be able to attract as many fans from across Conference USA. I don't know where you would hold this. Would you hold this in Florida, have it in a warm weather situation, I mean, what would it look like if, say, Huntington was hosting this tournament? Once the new stadium is installed, it's there. Everyone sees what a showcase palace it is. Mike Hamrick has built this wonderful facility that's going to last Marshall Baseball for several generations. It's going to bring a lot to the community, gets a tournament to come in. Herd fans, I know, will show up to support the herd. Would Herd fans stick around? Would Herd fans stick around? and watch the other games. I would hope so. I would think it would be a great opportunity for baseball fans in the area to go see some other teams, some other games. I could be wrong. But I'd like to see Conference USA stick with what works when it works, but I wouldn't be opposed to seeing this thing move around a little bit more. And it has nothing to do with Southern Miss. I think they're a great host, and I think it's a great venue. It's just it was interesting to see that that's the story, not, hey, this was a great event, Hey, it was a great event, but nobody showed up for the other games. Tournament brought some money into the area, but nobody showed up for the other games. That was an interesting story, I thought, today when I was uh, looking at over the weekend what was happening with the Conference USA tournament. So, what do you think? you think Marshall has a shot at this here in a few years? Get the Conference USA tournament? Should it go somewhere else? I know location's hard in Conference USA. It really is. Location's hard. Location's hard in a lot of these conferences, but in Conference USA, I mean it feels like it's two conferences sometimes. You got East and West Conference. It does feel like it's kind of disjointed to a degree. So where do you host this thing? And do you attract the numbers anywhere else? Or are you better left at Southern Miss? Because after all, Southern Miss is going to be a perennial championship contender every year. Do you have it in Florida? where the Florida schools could be possibly perennial championship contenders on a yearly basis. Do you try that and see? I think if you're looking for a location, you can't go completely neutral. You can't. There's not really a neutral venue that is in the heart of Conference USA, whatever that would be. The star, I don't know if the star makes sense from a geographical standpoint. Well, at least for Marshall fans, I'm sure it doesn't, but Hurt fans will travel when it comes to baseball. Basketball, I've seen them do it. Football, football, Hurd fans will travel. I know that. Bowl games, more importantly. Conference USA championships, such short notice, unless you kind of have an idea ahead of time, okay, uh, the championship's going to be either in Huntington or if it's going to be somewhere else if Marshall's participating. So that was interesting from Conference USA. But still, uh, you, do, um, you do the search in Southern Miss uh, all over the news, and as they should be. This is a really solid baseball conference. And I think we should illustrate the point that Marshall did all right in what is a really good baseball conference. And it's going to get better. I hope it does anyway. I mean, it's not the elite baseball conference, but it's really solid. And it's a conference that can compete and can make runs in the College World Series. Hockey last night, we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. Interesting... Note that uh, the ratings were flat, so the ratings really not losing. People are at least still watching, and they got to see a pretty good game if they tuned in. Holiday yesterday, I think that was a good start to the Stanley Cup, even though it was not the outcome I wanted. We'll talk a little bit about that. NBA is coming up. That's right. Hockey is in the United States of America, and the NBA starts in Canada. Interesting dynamic. We'll talk about that and more when we continue. That's right, the and more. We'll talk about the more when we continue with this edition of The Drive right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan. The 2019 West Virginia Broadcasters Association Best Talk Show on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. So yesterday, Memorial Day. Appreciate everyone who, um, well, there's a reason why we have Memorial Day. and It's not just about cookouts. It's not just about hot dogs and uh, fireworks and sports. No, Uh, Memorial Day is a, a special day. And, you know, we pay thanks and tribute to those who um, allow us to have a day like Memorial Day uh, because there are a lot of brave men and women that we will never get to see or hear from or speak to ever again who put it all on the line for us. So uh, I know we're a day late on that, but with no show yesterday, I just want to echo a lot of people's sentiments that uh, I hope you enjoyed Memorial Day, but I hope you really got a chance to remember as well and um It was beautiful driving through Huntington uh, throughout the weekend and seeing all the flags up. I liked what they did uh, with the flags, the park. Uh, There was uh, lots of flags on Veterans Memorial Boulevard. That was nice, Uh, at least in the immediate Huntington area. It was really nice to see all that. So I do hope you enjoyed your Memorial Day. And uh, one of the perks of being off on Memorial Day is uh, you can sit down and watch some hockey, or at least I took advantage of that. Yeah, I had to pay for the day, though. Lawnmowers and all the other stuff going on as well. But yesterday, the Boston Bruins go down 2 nothing, And I'm thinking, all right, St. Louis is bringing the noise. Let's go. I'm rooting for the Blues. That's right. I'm playing my Wayne Gretzky hockey card. I'm playing it. Putting it down. Let's go, Blues. And then, no. The Bruins decide, you know what? We're still the Boston Bruins. And now... The Bruins improved to nine and O against the Blues in the postseason. And St. Louis falls to 0-13 all time in the Stanley Cup final. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's the second most wins by any team against any opponent without a loss in NHL postseason history. It's also tied for the fourth longest postseason win streak by any team against a single opponent in the expansion era. And that's since 1968 season. 67-68 season, to be exact. The Bruins have also won eight straight games, the third longest season postseason streak. I'm sorry, the third longest single postseason streak in franchise history. 10-0 in 1970 and 9-0 in 1972. Those are the runs. And now... The Bruins are making a push here. The Blues now have the worst record in NHL history in the Stanley Cup Final. That is nuts. That's the longest losing streak before a win, uh, excluding tie games, and the championship round of the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, all time. Crazy. Since the final went to the best-of-seven format in 1939, the team that has won Game 1 has gone on to capture the Stanley Cup over 77% of the time, and that's 61 out of 79 series. And I'm not happy with all of this because I don't want the Boston Bruins to win. I don't. You've had enough success, Boston. You've had enough. It's time to share. It's time. Give it over. Give it over. Give that at luck away. And I don't know if you're a Boston fan, and most of you are, I'm sure you are, either being a front runner, rooting for the New England Patriots. Yes, you're a front runner. If you're a Patriots fan, you are a front runner. Come on. Some of you will play the Troy Brown card, and that's fine. I love Troy. Troy ain't there anymore. Some of you, of course, are Boston Red Sox fans, and I don't even want to know who you are. I don't want to talk to you. I'm not saying I like the Yankees any better. I'm just I'm just saying. Again, um, other than the success of the Pirates right now, since you know, I root for them, we carry those games, I got nothing, baseball. I got nothing. You can see where I'm coming from. I got nothing. So hockey, that's it. That's what I got. I'm not delusional. I don't think the Bengals are going to have a miraculous turnaround anytime soon. If they do, I'll be happy and excited. But it's been so bad for Bengals football, which you can catch those games all season long right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's so bad in Cincinnati right now, they had to go get a new team, FC Cincinnati, the soccer team. And fans are coming to that in droves. I mean, yeah, it's a smaller venue, but still, they're filling the venue up. I digress. So, I got nothing right now. I got nothing in the NBA because do I root for Golden State? And that's not happening. That's not happening because uh, Golden State, all that is is San Francisco 49ers round ball style. That's all that is to me. But I've got Toronto. I can root for Toronto. The NBA Finals starting and it's going to be Canada hosting. That's right, Canada. The great nation. The great nation of Canada will finally be the center of the NBA world again. It's crazy. Now, Dr. James Naismith, here's your history lesson on this show. That's right. We do our research. We do pull up the facts and figures sometimes. Dr. James... James Naismith, the inventor of the game in 1891, Canadian. Canadian. How crazy is that? Naismith coached Fog Allen at Kansas. Allen coached Adolph Rupp and Dean Smith. Rupp coached Pat Riley and Smith coached Michael Jordan. Thus, Canada is the reason for basketball. It is Canada's game that they have just given to the United States of America. It's a gift from Canada. Crazy. And you know what? The first NBA game in history played in Toronto between the Toronto Huskies and the New York Knicks at Maple Leaf Gardens. That's right, your home of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, the Huskies did fold after one season, and, um, well, it took, what, 50 years or so? Then you got the uh, Raptors and the Vancouver Grizzlies. And um, Vancouver couldn't keep its uh, team. The Grizzlies struggled. Then they moved to Memphis. And you have um, your second overall draft pick refusing to play for Vancouver. Steve Francis refused to play. He was drafted second overall. Would have commanded great money. Nope, not doing it. And then you've got Toronto. Vince Carter. Chris Bosch. Crazy. Um, Andrew Wiggins is there. RJ Barrett. Jamal Murray. The new generation of Canadian basketball players. And now you've got... Kawhi Leonard. His buzzer beater was um, the most watched NBA game ever in Canada. That's crazy. The NBA is hot right now in Canada. That's right. It might be hockey time or hockey night in Canada, but the NBA has now enjoyed one of the, if not the most watched NBA season in the country's history. So, Toronto gets a host game one. How crazy is that? Canada, your home of the NBA. I'm actually going to watch this. I'm not an NBA guy per se. i got to have a reason. Uh, It was LeBron with the Cavs. That was my reason. I'm not a Cavs guy the way some are. So when LeBron came to Cleveland instantaneously, I was interested. But I'm not a Cavs guy. I've had two NBA teams that I pull for. I pull for the Knicks, and you know I'm not front-running there. And I pull for the Lakers. And I haven't had much to pull for with the Lakers in a long time. Never since Kobe did I think that uh, this would go that bad. And But here it is. So I guess I'm going to have to take on the Toronto Raptors as my adopted NBA team. You know, when you adopt a team just because you want to have rooting interest. It's like the Stanley Cup. I've adopted the St. Louis Blues because I don't have a team. i got nothing right now. I don't have the Islanders, which I can't adopt because I was a fan long ago. I don't have the L.A. Kings because Gretzky was there for so long. I don't have the New York Rangers, the team that I ended up with. I don't have the Edmonton Oilers. Again, the Gretzky card there. I play that Gretzky card a lot. I have the St. Louis Blues. Here they are. And already I'm kind of worried about where this is going, but thankfully, I have Toronto. I've got the Raptors and that's right. I am gonna front run on the Raptors all NBA series long. I am front running. Side note here did you um, did you know even though the um the first NBA game was in Toronto in 1946 between the Huskies and the Knicks that um the ticket was. Crazy, it was seventy-five cents and two fifty. That's the um, that's the that's the ratio between seventy-five cents and two fifty. Two fifty got you in an NBA game in nineteen forty-six. And get this, here's a promotion that they will never do ever again. They should do this at Marshall basketball games. They should do this. So the height of the Huskies' biggest player was 6'10". So if you were taller than 6'10", you got in for free. So guess what tickets cost today? Uh, low is $650. i am not talking $6.50, mind you. $650, that's your low right now. And the high right now, according to Vivid Seats, 10000 And $62. So if you've got $10,062, you can get maybe some really good, good seats for this game. On a side note again, who are you? Who pays $10,000 plus to go to a sporting event? Uh, Game one, who pays that? I want to know. Because unless you have just... A bank account that that's just walking around money for you. Who pays that? I do not understand it. That is just insane that you would pay that kind of money. We got more on the way. It's The Drive. Paul Swan, your host, here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Baseball news today. Pittsburgh Pirates announcing a few minutes ago that they have optioned right-handed pitcher Mitch Keller to AAA Indy and right-handed pitcher Richard Rodriguez has been recalled from Indy. Don't know if I agree with that decision. However, It is done, so the Pirates making moves today. I don't know how popular that's going to be with the fan base, but already on social, uh, a lot of Pirate fans taking issue with that one. I'll tell you one that is popular, at least with the social media that I follow, Philadelphia Phillies, the other day called up former Marshall University pitcher J.D. Hammer. They called him up on Saturday, so um, he's going to be a Philly for a while. How about that? So uh, some good news, again, for Marshall Baseball more of these guys you can get through the system, the more of these guys that can make their way up to the major leagues. Again, you can recruit to that. Think of that. You've got that you can recruit to, and you get the new facility you can recruit to. I'm not saying Marshall's going to win the, the College World Series, but, boy, it might be fun to see him make a run for that thing if you get everything in the right place. It's going to be cool. It really is. You get that new baseball stadium. It's going to be exciting. Hopefully you can have some success in Conference USA. I mean, look at the success with West Virginia right now. they got the new facility. They're getting the host. They've earned that. And they've had an amazing run, I think, under Coach Mazie. Give him credit. Uh, I like Coach Mazie. He does a pretty good job with that Mountaineer program. But I'm hoping for the same for Marshall. A little bit more success, at least some attention being paid to baseball finally. And uh, I'm definitely going to talk it up more, make sure that uh, we don't forget that uh, this program at one time uh, played – anywhere and everywhere it can find a diamond when that new stadium opens up uh, all of that changes so we got of course a interesting interesting week ahead of us we've got the Stanley Cup finals continuing we've also got the NBA finals that's coming up and you can listen to those games over on our sister station that's right the entirety of the NBA finals on Cat Sports 933 and 1340 so you can tune in if you want to catch the games, you can't watch it on TV. Of course, uh, television will have you covered as well. But still, we've got you covered for that and the Stanley Cup Finals as well. Again, on Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40 as we, of course, got Pirates Baseball. And that's coming up tonight. Pirates, again, right here at ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. So, weekend was pretty interesting. And I'm excited for something that I haven't even seen yet. I don't know if if you watch this thing, let me know. Shout out on social media, let me know, and I want to get your reaction to this. But as I was following social media a little bit, kind of kind of get a finger on the pulse of what's happening, you know, see where people are going. AEW kept coming up, and I'm thinking, yeah, that's that wrestling promotion that uh, it's going to be. Challenging, maybe, the WWE. I'm really not interested in in wrestling. It's not that I haven't been interested in professional wrestling. It's just that I'm not a fan right now of the WWE product as much. And I don't like some of the other promotions because, well, they don't feel like major productions. And I'm not saying glitzy and flashy. I'm just feeling like, all right, it's like I can go to my local armory and watch some guys. It's it's a good time. It's fun in person. you you got guys who are going out there performing. You get small crowds, you know, moderate-sized crowds. They fill up these local armories, and you have a good time, and it's fun. But I don't want a steady diet of that. I mean, I would go to a live event, something like that, and, you know, just watch it, laugh, enjoy You know, some of these guys are really working their tails off hoping that maybe they get noticed and maybe get a shot with one of the bigger promotions. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm not watching what has become terrible television with the WWE product. But that's going to change, I think, because you got AEW and they had their pay-per-view on Saturday. I think it was like 50 bucks now. I'm not going to drop 50 bucks on a pay-per-view unless it's something amazing. I have to see. I did not drop the $100 requested for Mayweather Pacquiao, and that was something I had to see. Instead, I went several hours early and secured a spot over at Fat Patties and watched the fight there, which was a good choice on my part because, hmm, let me tell you. Uh, You can never go wrong with the menu at Fat Patties, but I, I digress. I'm not dropping $50 for this. I'm not dropping that kind of money for something I've not seen. Maybe I should have because nothing but positive reviews have been all over. I mean, I'm looking at Forbes. I'm reading Forbes and other national publications talking about this event. How crazy is this to think that... This upstart wrestling promotion already has major national publications, not just like Bleacher Report, which I'm not saying is not a national publication, but you've got major publications that are covering this thing, giving it instant credibility, and the fact that they're talking about the wrestling. It was an actually wrestling show that looked big time, felt big time, and it had a different style than the WWE And when you go to a WWE event, it's almost cool these days to just not like who's out there. That's been going on for a while. Up-and-comers really don't have a chance in a WWE venue. But again, this is also the wrestling promotion that's trying to force-feed Roman Reigns down our throats. Who, uh, by the way, I hear is going to be in the new Hobbs and Shaw movie. That is a fun fact I learned before I came in the studio. Yeah, I'm going to go see that. The Rock's in it. But, again, um, side topic here. So, I'm excited for a wrestling promotion that comes out in October that I have not even seen the product yet. And it's going to be on TNT, which is fun for me. I'm looking forward to it. It's it's going to be the old WCW days when it was wrestling. Don't worry. We're not going to have a, a weekly wrestling commentator on the program. Maybe we will. But it's just fun to think that finally, you know, Wrestling could be a thing again. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're rolling your eyes at this, one of the top states, not one, the top state, you know, searching for this thing, looking for it on the Internet, doing all that, you know, analytics, West Virginia. That's right. I'm speaking to my people. I'm speaking to my core audience right now. The West Virginia wrestling fan. And I know there's a lot of you in multitude out there. And this kind of sounds like a really fun promotion, actually. I mean, what, uh, Dustin Rhodes wrestled uh, Cody Rhodes? I heard that was a pretty good match. And um, Dean Ambrose, who uh, is no longer running uh, under the name of Dean Ambrose, came out. Chris Jericho was there. Uh, I heard that there was really some exciting styles of wrestling. I'm excited for this thing. I've never seen this product yet, but I'm already excited. And you know what? That's the kind of statement you want to make where mainstream media is talking about you. Now, the pressure is on them because they've got to come out all guns blazing again the next time they have an event. And they got to keep up to that standard. And they got good old JR. That's right. Jim Ross, who is an iconic voice. An iconic voice. And you know, if you grew up with this stuff, you you listen to good old JR. call games, call wrestling. He was really enthused from what I heard, and he was excited. There were some twists that he didn't know about, which made it even more exciting because he was, like, calling what was going on, and he didn't know. there wasn't a, okay, now this is going to happen. You get ready for that. It was genuine from him, and uh, I tell you what, I know wrestling is uh, pretty big, but the product got really stale. And I'm kind of excited for this. So if you went to this uh, pay-per-view somewhere with your friends, you got this, or you've seen this, kind of let me know on social at Paul Swan on Twitter, Facebook. Just uh, drop a drop a line in on the Facebook page as well. But at uh, Paul Swan on Twitter, let me know what you thought of this. I'm kind of curious. Of course, I'm sure I'm gonna get some private messages later on. I know. You wrestling fans are out there right now listening to this. Um, AEW, okay, that might be our thing. That might be our wrestling promotion we follow. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Some interesting NFL news today. Marvin Lewis will be joining Herm Edwards. ASU staff I hope you know what you're getting yourself into herm now let me let me qualify this I think Marvin Lewis is a, a really knowledgeable football coach but I just don't think Cincinnati after a time was going anywhere under him maybe a new venue for him a new place to uh, to work perspective you know maybe he can engineer some magic I mean this was a guy who was and I thought at the time, a great hire was the architect of the 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense. And Hiram talks about that uh, in his statement, said that Marvin Lewis is one of the most respected minds in our game. also said, whether as the winningest coach in the franchise history of the Cincinnati Bengals only because they wouldn't fire him. I'm sorry. I'm adding that or the architect of one of the greatest defenses in NFL history, the 2000 Baltimore Ravens. Marvin has succeeded everywhere he has been and he has done it the right way. His passion for teaching will be an incredible benefit, not only for our coaches, but also for the young men we are responsible for as students and athletes. Now, He's going to serve as special advisor. You didn't see my air quotes there. Special advisor. So he's going to be a sounding board. That's what the story says. He's going to be someone that they're going to bounce ideas off, and he's going to advise the coaching staff and staff members. He's going to be part of game strategy. Um, And they also said that he could become, quote, face of the program for speaking engagements down the road. Now, he's not going to be able to work directly with players. He's not an official. Official position coach. I mean, on the one hand, I'm glad the guy is bouncing back. You hate to see anyone lose their job. At the end of the day, someone lost their job, and you don't like that. Even though you're a fan of a team and you want to see change, and this is a necessary evil, you've got to make a change. That means personnel are expendable if they're not getting the job done. You understand that. As a coach, he understands that. He had a hell of a run wasn't a a fruitful run in many regards, but he did some positive things for the Cincinnati Bengals. But at the end of the day, it was time to part ways. The project had failed, and he was there a little too long. But it's an interesting bounce back. Not only was he in the television booth for the failed project that was the Alliance of American Football, and I really thought that might work. At least they had a good facade. And they had some quality commentators. The broadcast, you got a guy like Marvin Lewis. And maybe that could have turned into like a nice little developmental league. And I think that's the pitch here. The XFL, they're coming at this in a different angle. No, we're going to be the alternative here. We're putting together a war chest. We know you just can't do this in one season. So we know it's going to cost a little money. We're putting it in place. We're going to make this. We got better television package. We're going to make this thing a real solid go, and maybe the XFL becomes the alternate brand of football that you've been waiting for. But I don't know, going over this, if that's going to happen. But, again, we uh, we get sidetracked here a little bit because uh, Marvin, he went 131, 122, and 3. He was there since 16 years at Cincinnati. And, yeah, longest tenured head coach. Okay, he gets that. Head coaching record for playoff appearances, seven. Okay. Consecutive playoff appearances, five. Division titles, four. Okay, that's a record for him. And the seven playoff berths under Lewis equaled the number of Bengals' playoff berths that they had in the 35 seasons before his arrival in 2003. But at the end of the day, he was 0-7 in the playoffs. 0-7. So... You appreciate what he was able to do, but at the same time, the project fails. I hate to say that. I really do. And that's going to do it for this edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you joining us after the long weekend. Don't forget, if you missed any part of the program, you can always go back and catch it on the podcast. That's right. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. You can catch us on Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn. on Spotify. Wherever you get your podcasts, most likely you can get our show. If you can't, let me know. We'll get get it there as well. We're going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 9.